Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, the founder of Troy of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Om Agnati Manandasya Mirangana Sabhagya Chaksodun Miditam Ganatashmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhistam Stapitam Yanabhutam Sayam Rupa Karamayam Tanati Sohapanatikam I'd like to talk to you today about fuel for your faith. Sometimes we think we'll get to this place where there's no pressure, no people getting on our nerves, no delays, everything is falling into place. Plenty in our bank account, children making straight A's. If you were comfortable all the time, I dare to say you wouldn't reach your potential. If you didn't have opposition, things you don't understand, problems not changing, you'd never develop patience, you'd never develop endurance, you'd never develop trust, you'd never develop character. That pressure is getting you prepared for greater things. Anybody who goes to the gym knows that in order to get stronger, you have to have resistance. Krishna or God, who will allow situations where we get in over our head. We just don't know how it's going to work out. It's taking longer than we thought. He's not trying to make your life miserable. He's giving you opportunities to grow, to come up higher. Opportunities to rely on God and trust Him. When you're pressured, you learn to stretch your faith, pray bold prayers. Believe for what looks impossible. What's happening is that pressure is getting you to get stronger. My suggestion is to quit fighting it and learn to embrace it. God would not have allowed that if he wasn't up to something. Maturity. It's not being without pressure. It's being at peace in the pressure. Trusting in the trouble. Staying calm in the conflict. Those three phrases had such a nice ring to them, and I'm so proud of them. I'm going to repeat them again, okay? <laughs> At peace in the pressure, trusting in the trouble, staying calm in the conflict. <laughs> and yes, I know, we all love seasons where there's no pressure, everything's going our way. But honestly, there are few and far between. There are very few times when we're not dealing with some kind of stress. You can have a dozen things going your way, but most often there will be, and I say this, by God's grace, one area of healthy tension. That's an area that Krishna uses so we don't get soft, mushy, complacent. We don't put our faith on autopilot, but we keep stretching, we keep growing. Years ago, the company thought raising cod in a hatchery would be a lot easier than fishing for them, on the high seas. They created the right environment, the right temperature, the right depths of water with the right salinity, the right food for the cod. And yet, in spite of doing their best to recreate the cod's natural environment, the cod were unhealthy, sluggish, and seemed a far cry from their deep sea cousins. Scientists couldn't figure out what was lacking. One day, someone said in a meeting, well, if we're truly, I mean, if we're really serious about creating the same environment, as the ocean cod, we have to introduce the cod's natural enemy, which is the catfish. Right now, the cod may just have it too easy. It might do them a little good to introduce some pressure. Sure enough, once the catfish were put in the tank and the cod had to be on the lookout for the catfish, they regained their health. They regained their natural characteristics. 
Paradoxically, when their lives were threatened, they regained their sharpness, their definition. Similarly, sometimes what we think is an enemy is actually an asset. That person at work who gets on your nerves, you've been praying for 27 years for God to take them away. They're a catfish. Krishna is using them to grow you up so you can trust him to be your vindicator. He's teaching you to be good to someone. It's not being good to you. Learn to forgive, to not let people steal your joy. And I tell you, you wouldn't be the person you are without them. Next time you see them, instead of being upset, just smile and say, Good morning, Mr. Catfish. Good morning, Mrs. Catfish. I want to thank you. You don't know it, but Krishna, God's using you. It's funny because some of the things we're asking, we're praying for God to take away. Things that make us uncomfortable, that cause pressure. Fact is, if he removed them right now, we wouldn't become the person that we were created to be. We get stuck in a rut. He's using them to keep us fresh, to keep us stretching, to keep us growing. That's why you can't just pray away everything you don't like. That catfish, you may not like that pressure, but it's working for you. It's healthy pressure. I heard about a minister who was very well known and influential. I'm sure all of you recognize his name. He was loved by people all over the world, but in his hometown, Tulsa, Oklahoma, the local newspaper didn't like him. For 40 years, they never wrote a single positive article. It's always something demeaning, something out of context, where they were putting him down, showing him in a bad light, get him so riled up, so passionate. This went on for years. At the end of the life, a reporter asked him who had helped him the most. What were the pivotal events that had kept him going? Interestingly enough, he said, what helped me more than anything else was my local newspaper. They were so biased against me, so determined to make me look bad. They didn't realize that they caused me to pray bolder, to work harder, to believe bigger, to go further, faster. He said, I want to publicly thank them for what they've done to build my ministry. What were they? Catfish. Krishna could have changed the newspaper's mind, could have put someone in that loved the ministry, but Krishna uses pressure, he uses opposition, he uses situations that aren't fair, he uses things that make us feel uncomfortable. And if we on our side have the right perspective, instead of being sour, discouraged, trying to straighten them out, we use that as fuel for our faith, to pray, to stretch, to believe. That instead of stopping us, it's going to propel us forward. I've learned you can't pray away the catfish. Krishna is not going to remove what he's using to keep you growing, stretching, and believing. What's interesting is that a few weeks after this man passed away, the local newspaper did this huge front page glowing story about how amazing his ministry was and how he'd done so much good for the city. He had said before his passing away that if they'd done that 40 years earlier, he would never have accomplished what he did. So don't fight the catfish. Don't fight the pressure. Embrace it. Use it as fuel to go further, to believe bigger, to trust that Krishna or God is in control. At every stage of life, there are going to be catfish. People who don't like you, people who are not for you, will be neighbors that get on your nerves, problems that aren't going away. 
a relative that doesn't acknowledge you at the family reunion. Well, that catfish is not really your enemy. It's a tool that Krishna or God allowed to keep you fresh and growing. Potential is released when you're under pressure. It's always nice to be comfortable, to not have any opposition, to know where all the funds are coming from, to have all your connections lined up. It's appealing, but can I tell you, it's also limiting. The greatness that God put in each and every one of you is only going to come out by your stretching and going beyond what you're used to. By being good to people that aren't being good to you. By not letting that pressure cause you to shrink back. But instead you dig down deeper. Knowing that God is just using it to prepare you for something greater. In 1975, I was president of our Berkeley Temple in the San Francisco Bay Area. And along with the other duties of the temple presidency was the duty of organizing annual Festival of Chariots in Golden Gate Park. Prabhupada, our spiritual master, had started that seven years earlier. Now it's, what, in its 60-some year. So I'd hired a bagpipe band to go in front of the kirtan party and lead the procession. And as we were assembling in the Japanese tea garden area, ready to begin the parade, I happened to overhear one of the bagpipers say to another one, how come the boss agreed to have us play for the lunatic fringe? His friend answered, well, I guess their money is as green as anybody else's. <laughs> and when I heard that, I was a little discouraged at first. And I was kind of taken aback by that level of animosity and ridicule. But then something rose up on the inside. I thought, let these low-rent musicians mock us. The more they mock, the more Krishna will raise up his devotees. So instead of defeating me, those words caused a hard nut of resolve to form in my heart. I thought, I'm dedicating my life to making ignorant people like this eat their words. I'm either going to make Krishna consciousness mainstream, massively influential, a powerful force that will move nations, or I'm going to die trying. That year in 1975, there were 3,000 attendees at the Chariot Festival. The next year, in 1976, there were 12,000 attendees. And the third year, the last year I organized it, 1977, 20,000 people turned up in Golden Gate Park on a rainy day to chant Hare Krishna, dance and take spiritual food. The event was actually front page headline the following Monday morning in the San Francisco Chronicle. Everything we'd had going for us in the initial 1975 parade had tripled every year in size. The only thing missing from the 1977 parade was a certain group of catfish. I mean, bagpipers. <laughs> your cheap critics don't determine your destiny. They didn't know you before you were formed in your mother's womb. They didn't call you, anoint you, crown you with favor, plan out your days for good. They have no idea of Lord Chaitanya's prediction that the chanting of Hare Krishna would spread to every town and village of the world. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Instead of defeating me, those words of the critics created a pressure that fueled me to go further, to work harder, to be more determined, more passionate, more disciplined. So I can say, stand up in front of you and say along with the devotees of the past, 
Krishna got enlarged me in my distress. I didn't get enlarged with the good breaks, the open doors, the right people showing up. Those were good times, but I've been enlarged when I've been out in the street, as missionaries themselves can probably say along with me, I've been enlarged by the snarly pedestrians that walk by and say, why don't you get a job? I was enlarged by a professor at Sydney University who said that Krishna consciousness was rat baggery. <laughs> I was enlarged in 1980 when my own Krishna leader in charge of the Los Angeles temple tried to discourage me from coming to Utah. He said I had no chance to plant Krishna consciousness in Utah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we all have opportunities to get enlarged when our relatives don't believe in us, when our brothers are making fun, when a leader is jealous, trying to discourage us. We all have a lot of catfish, a lot of things we don't understand, situations that seem unfair, but here's the key. Use the pressure to fuel your faith. Don't get bitter, don't try to pay people back. Yeah, try to pay people them back, but pay them back through your actions. Let your actions be your response. Bring your critics to the point of exclaiming, how in the world did they triple the attendance of that festival? How in the world did they get that festival on the front page of the newspaper? How in the world did he and his wife plant two temples in the state of Utah? How in the world did she raise those special needs children? How in the world did he get a better job after he was laid off the last one? I'll tell you. The catfish applied the right amount of healthy pressure at the right time. You really don't know what you're made of until you're put under pressure. You don't know your true character until you're tested in the fire of affliction, adversity. You're not getting your way. Maybe you're dealing with a catfish at work, a catfish at the gym, a catfish at school. Perhaps you're married to a catfish. And we're not going to go there. But quit letting that pressure defeat you, make you sour, give up on your dream. Keep the right perspective. You'll be able to say, along with many other persons of faith, Krishna or God enlarged me in my distress. He took what was meant to stop me, turned it around, and used it to increase me. The catfish is a tool, it's an opportunity to come up higher. Anyone can get even. Anyone can take revenge. Anyone can talk bad about who's talking bad about you. That's the easy way out. But to reach your destiny, you might have to do some hard things. You have to take the high road. You have to stretch. When you want to stay comfortable, be more determined than what's trying to stop you. Ignore the negative voices and do what God or Krishna put in your heart. And when you do this, our assurances. God will enlarge you in your distress. It won't always be the good breaks, the people cheering you on, the doors that open, that cause you to see new levels. It will be the catfish. Take that pressure and turn it into power. 
Our mindset should be, I will not shrink back. I will not be talked out of my dreams. I will not settle for mediocrity. I'm going to stand stronger, believe bigger, pray bolder, be more determined. Yes, that catfish looks like an enemy, but I know he's really an asset. In the time that you're thinking, man, I don't have a chance. This isn't going to work out. My enemies are too strong. My mountain's too high. You have to realize that those catfish are there for one reason, and that is to stir your faith up. The right attitude is, Krishna or God, I know that you're bigger than what I'm facing. Your being for me is more than the whole world being against me. I may not see a way, but I know that you, Lord, have a way. Let that pressure fuel your faith to where you stretch, grow, and believe. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare And when you do this, Krishna will enlarge you in your distress. One devotee said, let us rejoice in our trials, knowing that that pressure is producing unswerving endurance. Endurance is developing character, and character is producing hope, confident expectations of Krishna's goodness. If you'll stay full of joy, trusting in God, and not yield to the temptation of getting bitter and resentful, then that pressure will make you stronger. It'll do something on the inside, bring out talents and abilities that you didn't know you had, get you prepared for what God has in store in the future. Now, here's a key. Pressure will always produce something, either faith, hope, endurance, or it will produce discouragement, weakness, a can't-do-it mentality. So our question is, what is the pressure in your life producing? Are you seen as negative, not fair, letting it defeat you? Our message tonight is, have a new perspective. Turn it around. See it as healthy. God wouldn't have allowed it if it was going to stop you. That catfish, granted, it may be annoying, you don't like it, but it is serving a purpose. It's there to help you to grow, to stay fresh and build your faith. Every time you get rid of one catfish, Krishna brings you through with a victory. You overcome a hurdle, you break a tape, and you get a medal. Those bagpipers are long gone. And I'm on stage doing rap songs at the Festival of Colors for 5,000 people. That former Krishna leader who discouraged us from coming to Utah, he left the movement in 1982, and recently he's been trying to get back into it. I wish him well, and I hope he does. In the meantime, Bhagavad and I are seeing the fruits of 40 years of consistent missionary work here in Utah. There's one place where people understand what it means to do missionary work, it is Utah. <laughs> so all those victories are fuel for your faith. Next time you face pressure, next time somebody makes fun of you, tries to discourage you, next time you're tempted to feel overwhelmed, just look back and say, Krishna, you've brought me through in the past, and I know you're going to bring me through this time. Krishna, you grew that San Francisco festival. You tripled it. Krishna, you put it on the front page. Krishna, you gave us a full-time radio station here in Utah and two temples. 
Every spring, Krishna, you've enabled us to host the biggest spiritual festival in North America. You taught us how to succeed where others said that we could not. Now, when those voices whisper, Chiru, you don't have what it takes. There's too much against you. You've bitten off more than you can chew. It's never going to work out. You know what my answer is? I'm sorry, but you got here too late. <laughs> I've come too far not to believe. I've seen too much of Krishna's goodness to be talked out of it. Too many doors have opened. Too many giants have followed. Too many divine connections. Too many ways opened up where I didn't see a way. And I know none of us like pressure. But the fact is that your potential is released when you're under pressure. You really don't know what you can do until you're put under greater pressure. I saw a video of a man, his friend, was under a car and the jacks failed. The car dropped down onto his friend. Now this man was just average size, but he ran over and he lifted the car by himself so his friend could get out. He never dreamed that he could lift a car, but something extraordinary happened there under pressure. And sometimes Krishna will put you under more pressure than you think you can handle. And that's not to discourage you, but so that you'll unearth what he put inside you. Krishna created you. And he's the one that put the potential, the gifts, the talents, and the greatness in you. And he's the one who is going to expertly bring them to light if you will let him. The only way we're going to be the persons of faith that God created us to be is not to shirk away from pressure, not to fight the pressure, but to embrace it. When pressure comes, it's the last thing you need to do to get bitter, to get overwhelmed, to say this is too much for me and throw in the towel. You need to get out of the habit of thinking and talking and acting like that because you become your own worst enemy. You're defeating yourself. When you're under pressure, your declaration should be, I can handle this. I am well able. My Lord has equipped me for whatever he has sent against me. I have strength for all things. I am strong in the Lord. And that's what's going to cause you to stand strong and endure I think this is the last story. This man out in the country at night was walking home in the dark. He took a shortcut through the cemetery and he didn't realize that earlier in the day, the grave diggers had dug a big hole for a funeral that was gonna take the next day. The hole was right in the path through which he normally walked. He couldn't see it in the dark and he fell in the hole. It was about 10 feet deep. For two hours, he hollered, screamed, kicked, clawed. No one heard him in that lonely place. He tried grabbing onto the sides, climbing out. He fell back again and again and again. Finally, he just sat there quietly in a corner in the dark, realized that he'd have to wait till morning. About midnight, this drunk man also came wandering through the cemetery, and he also fell into the same hole. So in the dark, the drunk, he did not notice the presence of the other man. And this other man just sat there passively watching the drunk. He watched the drunk hollering and screaming at the top of his lungs. And the man, after some time sitting in the corner, 
decided to have some fun. So there was a pause in the shouting of the drunk. And this man sitting in the corner said, in a really deep, scary, ghostly voice, you'll never get out of this hole alive. Well, you know what the drunk did? He got out of that hole in about two seconds flat. He, he reached down to find what he needed. He was up and out, and you could still hear him screaming a mile away. What do we learn from this? You don't know what you can do until you're under pressure. <laughs> Just look back over your life and try to recall the things that you did under pressure. The times you defied the odds, you broke barriers in your family, you raised that child that you didn't think you could raise, the goals that you reached that you hadn't thought you could reach, the obstacles you overcame that surprise you even now when you think back about them. None of that would have ever happened without the pressure. Pressure was necessary to release your potential. The pressure is what Krishna used to bring out of you what he originally put in. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. A catfish has a big mouth, that's true, but it's necessary. You needed that leader to be jealous. You needed those people not to believe you. That pressure prepared you. That pressure developed you. That pressure is what's going to cause you to blossom into who you are. Krishna God enlarged you, not as much in the good times, but under pressure, under stress. And one last point. Sometimes Krishna or God will tell you to do something. He'll lead you down a path, open a door. You know at the time it's his hand of favor. And then he'll increase the pressure. People will come against you. There'll be a setback in your business, a betrayal, a closed door. And now you're wondering, Krishna, where are you? I did what you asked, but it doesn't seem to be working out. There's so much coming against me. Everybody's saying no everywhere I turn. For the first 10 years that Bai and I came to Utah from Los Angeles, it really didn't seem like anything was happening, that anything was going to take off. We were deeply in debt. We didn't have a place to live. We stayed in the basement of the old rundown radio station building. When we'd have festivals, like the Festival of India and the Festival of Colors, people would sit on hay bales. A couple of times, just a couple, because after all, I'm a great man of faith. <laughs> couple of times in 10 years, once or twice, you know, I thought, maybe we got it wrong. <laughs> maybe it wasn't Krishna's plan that we should go to Utah. Maybe the critics were right. Maybe we don't have what it takes to plant a temple here. And there have come times, even when we are pursuing our God-given dreams, when God intensifies the pressure. And at that point, you're at a crossroads. You could give up on the dream. You could get discouraged and lose your passion, or you could embrace it because you don't know what God is up to. Pressure is a setup. It's getting you in position for Krishna to do through you something you could not dream or imagine. And you might even right now be under a lot of pressure. You might be on the verge of feeling overwhelmed or discouraged. Can I assure you tonight that Krishna always has you in the palm of his hand. He did not bring you this far to fail you. Now, stay in faith. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare. 
That pressure is doing to work on the inside. That pressure is getting you prepared. That catfish was ordained by Krishna, causing you to stretch, to believe, to trust, to dig down deeper. Krishna sees your faith. He sees you doing the right thing when it's hard. He sees you being at peace in the pressure, staying calm in the conflict. You're passing the tests. I believe that the pressure in your life, if you've kept him first place, God is going to turn into power. Krishna is about to launch you into a new level of your destiny. You're going to see doors open, enemies defeated, dreams come to pass. That pressure is releasing your gifts, releasing your potential, your talents, your favor. The pressure is what unlocks the fullness of your destiny in this life and paves the path back to home, back to Godhead in the next. Thank you very much, you great audience. I appreciate your kind attention so much. If any of that resonated with you, I invite you to raise your hands along with me in the air and say together, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna.